Welcome to Wayward Muse Podcast, where we travel through drinks. As a thank you to every one of you who watched our acclaimed web series on yourwaywardmuse.com and joined us for this podcast, we are giving you 10% off our entire collection from our website. Just use code Listen to Your Muse for access to restaurant, bar, and home supplies, and of course, our exclusive merchandise. Our first two productions are never before heard deep dives from the web series. Stay tuned till the end if you want a preview into who our next award-winning guest might be. No, this shit's like right here, like this yeah. shit right here, this shit right here, this shit right here. Oh, God so damn. Good. That is so fucking good. You've changed my mind about grappa completely. Well, you know, across the board, uh, Brandy has always been uh, high in my list, if not mm -hmm. um, probably what I would say is my favorite category of spirit. Yeah. Uh, from, from, you know, when I first really started uh, uh, thinking about alcohol differently and thinking about uh, the history of spirits and the, the lineage and all of that, uh, you know, cognac and armagnac were really the first things that I was just like, oh, my God, like yeah. a brown spirit out of a bottle can taste like this? I mean, I was like just blown away mm -hmm. uh, and I still have uh, enormous love for both of those yeah. uh, styles of spirit but uh, in terms of venturing out into what is um, less highly regarded I guess I'll say I, I mean, mean like I, I, straight you know, up I mean yeah. I, uh, I've been a huge fan of grappa for a long time and mm -hmm. you know my uh, my lineage I mean I'm a mutt I'm uh, American but uh, tell me but my it. grandmother <laughs> was uh, came over during uh, World War II uh, mm -hmm. from Italy and um, was really my only uh, uh, living uh, relative, uh, you know, yeah. grandmother, grandfather, uh, for most of my life. Uh, so I was really close with her while she was still alive and um, always had this real connection to Italy and my, my Italian roots. And that kind of started this love affair for me and, and uh, just started really getting into, you know, I was already really into Amaro and, and yeah. uh, other spirits of Italy, but um, really just started this whole thing where I was, uh, had my reps start bringing grappas. Couldn't believe, first off, couldn't believe how many grappas were available to me uh, here in Chicago. We're very fortunate to, yeah, yeah. to be in a central hub in the country and get a ton of really cool things passing through. But I uh, had them start bringing in all of these different Mark brandies, uh, not just grappa, but primarily, uh, but all these pomace brandies. And it was mm -hmm. just like, man, what a what a radical spirit that nobody mm. talk that nobody's really talking about. Yeah, and I mean, um, when people talk about grappa too, like they're like, and yeah, pomace it's is like it, or it's fire, it's gasoline, it's, it's know, fire. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, the grappa was only because the field hands got like the stems and the and right the, and like so like sure. oh, it's like it's cheap man's vodka. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. how like how have you had to deal with grappa in that way with like. People just immediately, like, that's the, when you I mean, told they, me grappa, I was like, wait a second. Like, yeah. and for me, like, I've had like maybe one or two grappas where I was like, that's surprisingly, I could, me, I could drink, that I could, I, I will yeah, yeah. sip this. And like, it's one of those things where like most people automatically assume that, oh, grappa, you can't afford sure. cognac, you can't afford Armagnac, Calvados. Like, well, so, man, you've hit on uh, a lot of things in that. Uh, in I mean, that, I'm just uh, telling question. you, like, so I mean, to, to try to, I'll try to answer them all in, in my understanding or where, from my point of view. Uh, the first thing I would say is in terms of people's uh, past experience with grappa, mm -hmm. um, 
it usually isn't great. Uh, if yeah. they have any at all, they've tried it and it's been really harsh and really rough. Um, and that is absolutely true. Uh, that is absolutely true. And I think that there's a few reasons for it. Uh, one being that when you talk about kind of uh, spirits from other countries, generally the first thing that comes over is not the best thing. I mean, yeah. like, you know, I mean, there's a time uh, in this country where tequila was just Jose Cuervo and that's all that was available. Uh, you know, so now obviously that's massively not true with uh, yeah. the the wave of agave spirits here and we're really getting a, a respect and idea of what you know true agave products uh, coming up from mexico can be and how beautiful nuanced gorgeous they are gorgeous, uh, yeah. so i mean uh grappa's not gone through that uh that renaissance or that wave yet right uh, yeah, so a lot of yeah. these things that first came through uh you know the way you make this brandy is very different than how you're making any other spirit i mean mm -hmm. you're more or less distilling primarily a solid uh, which you're not doing in other spirits. I mean, you're starting with in brandy or anything, you're starting with wine or uh, in whiskey, you're starting with beer and you have a liquid and you're heating it to a certain temperature. There is no concern about burning that to an yeah, extent. Exactly. You're just distilling it properly. So when you are stuffing a still with uh, skins and, and seeds and stems mm -hmm. and all the shake of winemaking, then uh, kind of sweating that, well, there is a, a massive opportunity you to, to just the, burn all the outside of it and have those flavors come through and have something that's harsh and, and has a bunch of off flavors yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So certainly there's a proper way to do that and an improper way to do that. Because there's the age old proper way to do it. And now there's, you know, modern kind of scientific ways of rotating the thing and, mm -hmm. and uh, also distilling with a steam jacket and thing which more or less acts like a, a double yeah. boiler, like if you're melting chocolate or something on a stovetop. So, you know, I mean, it's all these different ways and there's all, like anything, there's all kinds of shortcuts that can be taken and so on and so forth. So just like anything else, it can be made well and it can be made really poorly. And mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, I think the bulk of people in America who've had experience with grappa have had really poorly made grappa. Well, let's change that. Let's show some people Absolutely. Like, what, what they could actually have. Because I'm excited to like change my horizon on the spirit that usually like the first thing that hits my mind is trepidation. So I'm excited. Right. All right. So the thing I really first loved about Grappa and what kind of started changing my mind about it is how varietal specific it is mm -hmm. and how regularly you are uh, able to taste massive differences between that. So you start yeah. getting into whether you're drinking uh, a Barolo Grappa or you're mm -hmm. drinking Amarone or, you know, all of these uh, classic Italian varietals. Well, once they've made that wine, no matter how high quality it is, they more or less are left with what's otherwise waste to them. You know, yeah. They're going to have all these skins and steeds. Because even for red wine, they've got to get rid of that eventually. Sure. And the red wine's already fermented, so yeah. it's, you know, the those are literally bubbling and like, fermenting, yeah. so they go bad quickly. White wine, uh, not so much, but... Yeah, because there's um, like lees resting for white wine a lot of times. Like, like, well, because the skins are separated yeah, first, yeah, yeah. For, uh, for the most part. So, um, so, you know, when those are sent off to, to be made into grappa, they have to then ferment those separately. Mm -hmm. Whereas red wine, I mean, it's going to go bad quick, which is another reason why grappa can be made really poorly because it yeah. could be molding and, and uh, right. uh, over-fermented and so on and so forth by the time it arrives to the distillery. Because like yada, yada. in Italy, like as long as it's made in the country, like they ship that shit pretty far oh, sometimes yeah, yeah. for d distilleries. And that's where like a lot of that right. stuff that first got sent over, like... Because those places in the beginning were like, oh, I can make a bunch of money if I sure. ship this out. And like, well, and it's certainly, I mean, it's certainly a way for uh, distilleries to make money off of what would otherwise be waste. Um, so beneficial to them. However, I mean, pretty beneficial to uh, just the kind of 
current idea that we're all discussing about being green and having less waste uh, to you know be able to make as many products out of those grapes uh, as you can is great. But anyway, to get back to, yeah, uh, to varietal, let's start with this one. This is uh, from a uh, pretty classic producer called Baria Alcantabuano. Uh, now this is of Sangiovetto. Uh, kind of a little bit lesser known grape varietal, and this one is aged a little less, uh, but it, as you can see, it's got kind of a blonde uh, expression. Mm -hmm. So you're still going to get some of the uh, heat that you get. Now, mind you, it's a spirit still. It's not uh, not wine. So brandies are always, I think that also uh, tends to lead people the wrong way. <laughs> when they talk about brandies, they forget that they're still uh, 80 proof uh, or above. So anyway, this one's really pretty. You'll find uh, more so kind of heather, pretty. blonde, honey notes out of this. Uh, but yeah, like still straight really up like honeysuckle. That's crazy. Totally, right? And I mean... Again, with that yeast note, like again on the nose. Uh, now I know you, you said you weren't massively experienced with grappa, but I'm sure you've had it on the nose and on the palate. There will be a flavor that is grappa, just mm -hmm. like the first time you had Agricole rum or the first time you had, you know, there's something very specific uh, about that style of distillate, and that's present. But that's not a bad thing, right? But I mean, it's got legs, right? You know, oh, it's, it's got rich. It's she it's can run. Really that's nuanced. great. Yeah. That's really, really pretty. So that's like a first expression that sees a little less age. Often grappas are white, and I don't mean to only show you aged expressions. Just wanted to bust out the kind of nerdy ones I got. But uh, I like let's nerd out. Yeah, but uh, but white grappas can be excellent as well. Again, uh, so dependent on varietal though. You know, I had a uh, it reminds uh, me of like um, I mean like now that people are actually queuing in to different like Chilean wine spirits, like it's definitely becoming a thing where like they'll use just like straight up things that you would get from the DO and then they just have that for their Pisco. And it's like, sure, right. You'll find that a lot with grappa as well. I mean, lauded producers will be putting out uh, killer grappas that they're getting a quality distiller to make and, uh, and mm -hmm. you know, have something really amazing. Uh, this would be actually a pretty good example of that. Uh, this is from Marolo. This is a uh, classic grappa distillery. Now they deal with a lot of different grapes from a lot of different people. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not uncommon, right? I and mean, when you build a winery, they're not generally masters at distilling or building a distillery on top of it. So these are two different processes. Uh, it's rare that the winery is making the grappa. Uh, so often uh, places like this, old houses, will buy, uh, mm -hmm. buy grapes. In this case, Amarone. I mean, yeah, this smells like funky Tokai. Saying, right? Like, that's crazy. Exactly. And you know Amarone already as a rich, yeah. uh, succulent kind of wine, not quite dessert wine, but I mean, uh, definitely has those ripe, bright, sweeter I mean, notes. Yeah. So again, that's coming through, which is not something you but... talk about with brandy yeah. so often, right? I mean, or is varietal specificity. See, now that's got like, that, that's got a novel right there. That's amazing. Like where this again, one was no, like subtle and like had that kind of like floral quality that made you kind of relax into it. This one's totally. definitely trying to say a little bit more. It has a little bit more body, a little bit more weight to it on the palate. And like as yeah. it develops, like you just, it has the sweetness that you think of with Abenroni, but in a completely different expression. That's fucking cool. And it has some of that salinity too. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. you get from, uh, from a coastal distillate, from a, a you know, uh, oceanfront country like Italy, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, this would be super cool with Pulpo from Spain, like even like mm -hmm. cause the, the, that salinity, that kind of like texture that you're looking for. Sure. Like even just a little bit of that, like that could go a long way in some classic I mean, it's dishes. rich, it's deep. It's yeah. again, it's nuanced. It's, it's not what you think of when people talk about grappa. No, not it's at all. It's not the heat. It's not uh punch you in the face, throat, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not like, Oh God. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, Way beyond that. It's the total opposite side of the coin. Yeah. And this is a really pretty spirit in a really beautiful and wide category that, uh, for the most part, people aren't talking about.
No, yeah, not at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's my jam. But then to to also talk about um, quickly other things that Italy are is doing or have been doing, they do make you know proper brandy as well, and mm-hmm. not to call grappa not pop. Uh, A not proper, but it's though, but you yeah. know this is Mark, this is Pomas. They also make uh, wine-based brandy. This is a really cool one that uh, that we just got, but uh, but it's got a cool story. This is from Dr. Mario Montanaro, uh, and this was distilled in 1972. The barrel's kind of lost, forgotten about, so on and so forth, uh, and so bottled years later. So this is about a 36-year-old expression. Uh, blended grapes, uh, however... Um, more to the tune of a cognac or a, uh, a well-made uh, American brandy or something like this. I mean, this is uh, still really high-quality brandy, but again, uh, not something that people are often talking about coming from Italy. You know, I mean, it's not Armagnac, it's not cognac. It is. Uh, I can Italian tell that made. from here. That's and, crazy. <laughs> and just like, think of how different yeah. Italian and French wine are. Now, I love both, but they're wildly different. You yeah. know, I mean, talking about all the funk and and craziness you get off. Uh, really cool Italian wines comparatively to the sophistication and the nuance of, uh, of uh, Burgundy and Pinot or something like yeah, this, right? Yeah, that's completely different. So, I mean, they're so different in how they produce, and that really does come through in the brandy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, comparatively to Cognac or Armagnac, it's not better than, just totally different than. Yeah. But also, I mean, when we talk about talk about the, the base, the grape base, and how it's able to stand up to age... That's something that I think is so exciting about the category of brandy that's not true about whiskey. Yeah. Uh, scotch to an extent, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like American whiskey, for instance, I mean, you get over uh, 15 years or so, all you're really tasting I is mean, barrel. There, and there are some pretty famous like old guy bourbons where like most of us, after we get to 15 years, like you get the 20 and the 23, you're like, oh, well, now we're just having cardboard box. Like, Yeah, it's fine. But, you know, yeah. and, and hell, I mean, uh, you know, the Russells from Wild Turkey will tell you that they, you know, barely enjoy anything that's over 12, 13 years old. Yeah, uh, some and that's where it peaks, to. and, and, and yeah. they, they nail it. And it's, you know, big ups to Wild Turkey. They're my favorite uh, whiskey I category. mean, you can see, like, but, little uh, notes of it yeah, all over It's everywhere. But, um, but, you know, that is the really cool thing about working with, uh, with brandies and with great bases. Mm-hmm. Is much like aging wine properly, these can stand up to a barrel and, like and uh, uh, be yeah. really nice. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this content, make sure to drop us a like, comment, or subscription so we can keep making premium content for you. Our lineup over the next three weeks is Roger Landis of Chicago, Josh Harris, the creator of the James Beard award-winning program Trick Dog, Aaron Polsky, creator of Live Wire Drinks, and first announced here, Thad Vogler of the award-winning Bar Agricole. He'll be dropping by to discuss what 2020 has been like for him Don't miss an episode. Follow your muse. See you next week.